life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show and we like to give you ideas to ponder and to disagree with and hopefully that are worthy of consideration. Um, I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host and our very own doctor of naturopathic medicine, Alexia Georgiousis. Hello, Dr. Georgiousis. <laughs> Hello, Gord. How are you? I'm pretty well. How are you? I'm pretty well for Toronto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't get me going about this government lockdown again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole thing is bullshit is really the only thing I can uh, say. I mean, this is just getting yeah. more and more ridiculous. Yes. You know, um, oh, but we're coming close to the end. Yeah. Of our patience. Uh, we are. It's, it's, it, it is. It's very fatiguing and it's uh, lots of contradictions, lots of confusion, um, which is where we have to keep, I think it's forcing us to turn inwards and go, okay, what's the common sense here? Common sense. Inwards is not going to keep my business open. Well, this is the hard part, but in, yeah. inwards, inwards, what I mean is that making a, an, a response, a yes, choice yes. and awareness of instead of trying to cling on to the old, because there's, there's not really any conscious leadership in my opinion. No. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So we're live, and if you'd like to join our conversation this evening, uh, toll-free anywhere in North America, you can call one 346 9141 and I'll repeat that a little bit later on. So this is actually, you know, we've got April 1st, April Fool's Day, yep. um, uh, and it is, we're in the middle of Passover. Uh, yes, we are. So happy Passover. Mm-hmm. Um, happy Easter, or the beginning of Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, at least tomorrow is Good Friday, and we're two weeks away from Ramadan. Yep. Uh, that begins on April 13th. That's like crazy. It's Everything loaded. Happening all loaded. It's all springtime festival. Uh, well, Ramadan isn't, but, uh, you know, Passover and Easter certainly is. Do you know and why ba- Easter and changes Baha'i all the time? Had, there's the first, first welcoming into spring, right? They're more aligned that's with right, the, that's right. the rhythm of the earth. So. I think that's a beautiful time yeah. to have. Well, uh, both both you know. Passover and Easter actually are based on lunar activity. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Passover is always in the month of Nisan. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Forgive me. Um, and um, that is, they're on a lunar calendar, but as a result, it doesn't match up with the year. So every few years, the rabbinical council has to decide to put in this extra month. Oh, interesting. Uh, to sort of tie it back into being in the in the springtime. Um, and, of course, Easter uh, is always the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. Mm. So March 21st, find the full moon, first Sunday, boom, you have Easter. Beautiful. I didn't know that, actually. It's all lunar. It's all lunar stuff. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, how about, how about, how about uh, Easter eggs? Where did that come from? Gord, I don't know, but I think you're going to let me know, which is good. I think you're going to I love trivia like this. I grew up with Uh, lots of Easter eggs. Greek Easter was, yep, dyed. They were always dyed red. Oh, really? And there was a ritual. 
Yeah, we were. No, it was actually just done in um, in a, a pot of water. Um, I would assume red water. Yes, with saffron. <laughs> with saffron, yeah. definitely. With saffron. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. And uh, then there was a ritual in the in terms of being able to uh, crack an egg like a game, but you would always say. Christos um, Anesti, which would be Christ has risen, or Alethos Anesti, and that was who won with the with the egg that you know survived the the pounding. Right, so, right, right. Well, the the egg actually represents; it's always represented, you know, fertility, and you know, and with it being springtime, and you know, everything coming back to life again. Um, so when it's opened up, that represents Christ. But the empty shells actually is is represents the 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 uh, the cave. The empty cave, his tomb. Yeah, that's very fascinating. I I had no idea, and it would be it, those kind of little things in terms of even what you were saying, how this connection with spring equinox, the the moon, it makes the celebrations very different. And I think that's yeah. been lost over the years with the aspect of the church, right? They're very, very old celebrations, yeah. you know, incredibly old. So just having sort of that little bit of background, you know, and, and of course, bunnies. I'm not sure how the bunny quite got in there, you know, the <laughs> Easter bunny, but it's cute, bounces around. It kind of represents, I think, sort of, you know, life and, and uh, you know, it's gentle. And well, new, maybe new fertility, beginning. maybe fertility. Because, fertility. You know, you know yeah. and I don't know if I told you that in – in Calgary, there are so many bunnies because I just learned this recently that apparently At cats, cat, <laughs> no, cats, cats cannot, oh my God, Gord, oh my God, I can't believe you, um, that cats cannot go outside uh, in, and outdoor cats. There's something about that. And I could be wrong, but I, I recently learned this. So the bunnies have no predators. So they're you're they're oh. walking. They're all over the place. If you walk around, you'll see them in the back alleys, and they're really? very cute. Yeah, that happened in Australia. Did it? Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Because I mean, they'll they can really destroy your vegetable gardens. Well, that's just <laughs> yeah, it. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I wonder if if that that was brought in around some sort of loose representation about maybe commercial, right? Easter egg hunt, and yeah. uh, also fertility. Yeah, it's, creativity, it's fertility. Maybe. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's always been there. It's, I mean, it's a. It's a. It's a big one. If um, someone knows that answer, they can phone in and tell. They us. can phone in and tell us why do we have a bunny. Um, so these are these are all things that you know connect us back to to the earth and back to what's going on here right now. And we're going to talk about how we connect to each other, and that's take a look at attachment theory. Um, it's quite fascinating, and it's actually. In some ways, it's sort of simplistic, and but it makes just so much sense. You know, like it's uh, the the whole thing of you know people say, well, opposites attract or same attract. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, th so this was sort of developed by a John Bowlby, a psychoanalyst in the 1950s, and it kind of just making its way, you know, into people going, oh my god, this makes sense. You know. Uh, yeah. In the in the 2000s, it was actually done in the context of infant parent, um, mm. but there's a lot of relationships like that, aren't there? Mm -hmm. uh, um, so you know, depending depending on how uh, you know a parent you know basically behaves, um, those those kinds of things are going to affect us. You know, I mean, if you look at a child, a baby, the mother mm. leaves the room, the baby will start to cry. Right. Right. There's an attachment. There's an attachment that begins like very, very early on. And if that gets sort of hurt a little bit, 
well, it's not a good thing. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you found it. I found it. There are those who seek, you know, to be in relationship and those who are in relationship who seek to avoid it. Um, you know, or I don't, I'm not getting into a relationship, period. But there's like a continuum of those that, you know, have the urge to merge, um, you know, which is like, oh, your name's Gord. Boom. You know, I'll move in with you. Right. No, you won't. Um, and then there are those that are just sort of like stepping back, stepping back, stepping back uh, of, of avoidance. And, and all of us are on some sort of a continuum. Studies say that 50% of us of the population are, in, are secure in our relationship abilities. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's really think, interesting when I see these kind of statistics because I'm like, hmm, who, yeah. who are you actually evaluating and how? <laughs> And, and I can I, see you know, your mom and dad who have been together since the beginning of time. <laughs> they're secure. They're not jealous. They're like, you know, they're, no one's going anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, I think that's something you build. Yeah, I'm not sure I, that's I something agree. you walk into. I agree. I, I, and I think that that's, um, that's a really important point to actually recognize that the danger of having sometimes these labels or to say, oh, this is the category there's benefit in having information that can guide you and recognize particular patterns. But at the same time, it's also, wait a minute, this is something that everyone's different. Our relationships with, with each person is very different. I almost see it like dancing where it's as if you are on, we're on a big, huge dance floor and we have different people that we dance with and some people what? we have a rhythm with. And some Get people we him. don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, some yeah, people, yeah. It, it goes really easily. And some people, you're like, I don't know what just happened, but I, I can't get a flow with this person. So exactly. I also don't like the word attached. I feel like connection is much better. I don't know why, but uh, the, the idea of attachment theory or, you know, how you attach, I don't know. I, I, something about that bothers me. I don't know why. If you did a connection theory, people will be thinking you're teaching electricity or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of known as attachment theory, so we have to stick with that word. But I, I, I understand what you're saying, you know. Uh, so there's there's like four categories. There's secure. Uh, there's anxious, which is about 20% of the population. Avoidant, which is 25%. And then disorganized, disoriented attachment. Oh, my God. Can we have any more words in here? Really? I know. Um, well, then you have combinations of secure, anxious, anxious, oh avoidant, um, and they they just they represent about like three to five percent of the population, according to to all of this this idea. But it's I just think it's kind of interesting um, because you know I think the one that stands out for probably most of us will be the avoidant person. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right, and I feel like actually this is with the pandemic happening this past year. I feel like. A lot of this, let's say, we'll use attachment, right? The, the attachment not only with people, but also to possessions or things. And I think that's, in a way, a gift from the pandemic, that it's bringing up a lot of awareness of people being, let's say, attached to their houses or attached to their businesses or attached to whatever. You're it, attached it, to the money. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, but people, that's what I people mean. People are making massive changes in this pandemic. Massive. Like life altering, yeah. you know, uh, whether it's divorcing, whether it's moving out of the city, you know, going yeah. rural from urban, uh, you know, a house to a bigger, bigger, bigger house. It's like staggering. It's, it's very financially driven. Which is very, interesting. It it is very interesting, and we we you know we've talked about this before around going back to what makes someone or helps someone feel secure, and mm-hmm. you know it it we know however that people that if they happen to have sometimes a lot of money they not necessarily feel secure, they have fear Absolutely. of losing it. Right? Oh, it's always there. It's always there. Just like in attachment theory. Yes. <laughs> You could take this theory about how we connect and you can, you could apply this to anything. How do you connect to money? There yeah. are secure, there are, there's, mm. there's avoidant, there's like anxious, that. you know, or, or to your community, to your family. It doesn't matter. I think that this yeah. theory is actually f- interesting. If you just take it outside of how we're connecting, like we uh, say with, with, you know, dates or, or, or long-term yeah. relationships, marriages, uh, but actually, apply it to money. This thing actually I, totally works. It totally works. I think that's fantastic. It's a it's a great way to say, you know, how does this sort of something that's familiar as a pattern of what a person has learned or experienced, and it again it can feel familiar. But I think that it does transfer to whatever else is out there, not just to the individual intimate relationships. Well, I mean, Buddhism has always taught, you know, the whole idea of not just impermanence, but the pain in our life is caused by our attachment. Yes. Attachment to people, places, and things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's why I know, you know, Ram Das is someone who I like to listen to. And, and I know it comes from whatever teachings, but basically he often would say you can be invested, but not attached. Right. And I think that that's a very deep awareness practice. Yeah, I was I was taught loving detachment. You were taught loving detachment. Loving what does that detachment. mean? Detachment. Well, like you come from a place of love, but there's still that's you. This is me. But that doesn't mean that one can't love. Just one doesn't own, or you know, is attached to it in such a way that you know you don't have your own life. And a lot of people in some relationships, yeah. that's exactly what happens. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Or in money. Or the, the size of their house overtakes them. Like this becomes then their definer. Totally. You know? Or labels or degrees yeah. behind your name. It could be anything, right? How many letters you know, do you have? T- no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not a lot. <laughs> you have way more letters. No, but, it's, but it's like, it's, exactly. They're letters. They couldn't even spell out the words. Yeah, they can't. They don't mean anything. They do not mean anything. Exactly. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm just being facetious when I say it's that. It's funny. But, you know, it's like what we can define ourselves by is is what we attach ourselves to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, and this is the conscious part of it, where it's going back to who who am I and and how do I define myself? And I think this is again the the sort of shift that people are experiencing where suddenly this sense of not being able to make plans or not being able to have the regular routines in place. If there's not a sense of self-security, then it becomes incredibly painful. Very, extremely painful. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, so that's, that's the anxious attachment, isn't it? 
you know, because it's unpredictable. We don't know what it's going to do to us or, you know, and there are people that have relationships that are anxious with money that way. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know? They're always anxious, uh, living hand to mouth or, you know, they're, they're one step away from eviction. And, you know, I mean, I'm just hearing, you know, people over the years saying stuff like that. And it's yeah. like, wow. Well, I think, I think our, also we have a, um, you know, we're, what's being revealed to me is that our systems that are in place, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, I'm putting healthcare in quotes, like, you know, it's the systems that are, that are not, that are not holding up the, society they're not holding people together or teaching people how to recognize themselves as more than just their performance or more than their degrees or more than just their possessions or they run independent of people yeah it's like a whole machine over here and there's people over here and and you know people may have created them but then the machine takes over that's right you know and it just uh, you know they don't teach us anything other no. than to be insecure, anxious, um, you know, keeping our eye on it all the time and not trusting. Right. And that there's not enough. That there's, and there's not, not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's not and enough to go around. There's no connection between us and them. Right. But you know where there is a connection? Between where? us and taking a break. <laughs> we have to go to a commercial here. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. Uh, just as a reminder, uh, we do have phones open 
toll free from anywhere in North America, 1-888-346-9141. If you would like to jump in and join us in this conversation, you are more than welcome to do so. Um, so taking, taking some of this avoidance and anxious and secure attachments, I think that there's a lot of avoidant attachment going on right now with, with people avoiding connecting into the society. I agree. You know, um, yeah. you know like not getting a job. Uh, the, the number of homeless people is quite staggering in our city right now in Toronto. Um, and that's, yeah. you know, that's like, I mean, one, one of the things about, you know, avoidant is to delay committing. So it's kind of like I'm delaying committing to being a grown up. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. or, or taking taking charge of my own life. I think I'll move back home with mom and dad. Yeah, that's going to happen. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, you're you're touching on a lot of really important things. I was actually having a conversation with my sister, who uh, one of my sisters, who's actually in Ireland right now in Dublin, and um, you know, she was talking about she's on her way back to the states, but she was talking about how you know, some people that are not getting jobs, they're, they're, that they can't work right now with the pandemic. They're being offered Absolutely. jobs to be eviction servers. Wow. And so evicting somebody from their home because they maybe can't pay the rent or the mortgage or whatever, which would be a horrific job in my opinion. But then these people leave. And then when they're trying to find another place, they now have a record that they've been evicted. Exactly. So, so it's, it's this sense of... The pandemic is shifting a lot of things. And yes, I agree that there's that sense of avoidance, I also think is deeply entrenched in fearing a wrong decision. Yes. You know, fearing that somehow I'm going to make a wrong decision. Yep. Yeah. Or, or feeling that somehow or other they're, um, they're losing their decision-making ability. Like their decisions are being made for them. Like these are the jobs that are open right now. You can, you know, do con- contact tracking. You can work on this, the the uh, census, which is just coming up. You know, those are those right. are being being uh, uh, flogged right now. But you know, people uh, who are avoidant really want to make unilateral decisions. They want to make their mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't. Don't interfere. Yes. And I mean, that's, that's really one of the, the things if you're in a relationship with someone who, who is, is like, don't try making decisions for them. Right. Because right. There's, there's, a, there's a rebellious childlike quality to that. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not paying the rent by myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, or um, I'm not going to clean that. You can clean it. You know, it's a sense of, of, again, the idea of I am trying to, sort of be defiant in my sense of power. And I think that that's why it's so important to recognize what does it mean to be in your own power? It doesn't mean to dominate. And mm-hmm. and going back to, to what you were men- mentioning as well is that with avoidant, that aspect, there's no sense of collaboration because everything mm-hmm. is, a, is a negotiation, which is a very different word. It's a sense of somehow I lose something. Or some, you know, and, and, and I don't get what I want. Instead of if we collaborate, we can create something new where right. both of us can, you know, benefit. Yeah, the avoidant, you know, sort of feels like they're going to get, you know, uh, swallowed up. You know, their, their goal is really about independence and self-sufficiency. And they're not. They're neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. really, I mean, if you, if you flip this over into uh, transactional analysis, which is how we communicate. You know, and so, 
you you have basically three three key categories, and that is the parent, the adult, and the child. So if you act like a parent, you can be sure that you're going to get responded to as a child. You right. know, that person's going to act as a child or the rebellious child, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But if you if you meet the other person as an adult, you know, and that's what you're talking about is like collaboration, and those are all adult things. Then yeah. you you have a conversation, then you have a negotiation, then you have a place to go to. Right. But right. most most people flip back and forth between being a parent. And being a child, yeah, you know, uh, in some issues, and then and then and then another issue comes along, and and you know, if you were the parent here, now right. you're the child, and yeah. I become the parent, depending on what our own values are or our own strengths are. You know, it's quite it's quite interesting, it, you know. But yet the adult piece, you know, well, it's so interesting, and I think that this is also speaks to the need or the gap that we have in our society of not demonstrating or teaching people how to be self-aware and notice, oh, I'm acting like a parent right now, or I'm acting like a child right now. And without that, then people stay stuck and they just keep repeating the same pattern and attracting the same type of people. But it does take a little bit of work. Like you kind of have to do some work, right? Being aware is not easy. No. You know, people talk about spiritual awakening. It is messy. Oh, you know, yeah. It's totally, totally, <laughs> you know, like a totally, totally messy thing, too. It is not all, you know, harps and candles. No, and, it's not like, ah, oh, it's so wonderful. Know. It's not. It's not. You know, you have the, plus the other thing, too, is one of the ways of keeping that, that distance and avoidance is you focus on some of, some of the major or some of the minor flaws or whatever of your partner. You know, where, oh, this is wrong with the Bank of Canada or this is wrong with the Bank of the United States or, you know, all those kinds of things. And, and like people, people are focused outwardly and what they can blame. And of course, then you yeah. lose any ability to, to you know, self, self-aware. Well, it's, it's very sad. And I think, I think for avoidant, it's very lonely. And the, and the pandemic also right now is, is creating that sense of fear and separation and, I think it, it does keep feeding into loneliness. Um, absolutely. But they'll also play off then with flirting and all that kind of stuff to put their partner into its place of being anxious. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. Know, I mean, that's why, that's why those two go together. Uh, right. Well. Yes. We have our friend Bill. We do. Bill from Alabama is on the line. Do you want to put Bill on? Absolutely. Hey, Bill. Hey. Y'all. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hello, Alexia. Hello, Gord. <laughs> I'm wonderful. Thank you. Great. Great. We saw your name flash up here on the screen. It was like, Bill's here. I uh, know. I've listened almost every week, but I try not to interrupt too much. But uh, <laughs> you, all were having, you all were having so much fun, I wanted to join in. Good. <laughs> we are. We are. We we find this attachment stuff kind of uh, interesting and funny at the same time. I think it is interesting and funny. One of the things that uh, y'all kind of uh, tickled in my brain is I've always had this. I guess I learned it a long time ago, but how a family gets raised as a child, as a baby, uh, you're dependent on your family. 
And okay. then you go through your teenage years and you're striving for independence. Uh, and that's hard for the parents and it's hard for the teenager. Um, but I call it the natural explosion of the family because <laughs> if, it, if the family doesn't naturally explode, then the child never learns, you know, independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then once you go through the independence phase, then uh, you mature into interdependence where you learn to take care of yourself and take care of the needs of others and others take care of the needs of you and be able to be responsible person, organism, whatever inside uh, the society. Um, and then obviously you've got then the aberration uh, of codependence uh, where people are dependent on each other but in an unhealthy manner. Very unhealthy. Uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Well, and so that yeah, gets like destructive. That, and Bill, that you have... That attachment. Yeah, and you have... I know you speak from experience because you've got five kids, right? About six, but thank you. Six, okay. Jeez. <laughs> oh, what have you been doing the last couple of months? Yeah. <laughs> I've been busy. Yes. <laughs> we always thought it was five. Um, yeah, you know, that inter- interdependence, uh, that, that, you know, certainly comes into the whole thing of when one works towards healing that codependency or an unhealthy dependency on other people for your own okayness, you know, um, that's often found initially, it was really identified people who were in relationships with, with alcoholics, um, that they, uh, you know, they were, they were actually as much involved with the alcohol as the person who was actually drinking. You know, that dependency, uh, oh, I'll sit you out, pick me up the vodka, bring it, you know, and they would do it. And because it was just too big of a risk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to say no until right. eventually, you know, they do. But that interdependence is that piece that we talked about of that, you know, you know, co, uh, uh, what, what was the word you used? But like collaborating, you know, collaborating, collaborating. That's it. Mm-hmm. See, CO, uh, collaborating. Yes. Um, you know, that, um, that's the interdependence piece. And I think that that comes when we have that security in the relationship. When well, and also when you have a willingness, because I think part of this is, is related to being able to listen without having to put to your own agenda first. Yeah, to give and, a shit about other people. Yeah, to, but to listen really and, and be willing to go, you know, it goes back to sort of the, um, you know, conscious speech or... Um, the uh, authentic relating and nonviolent communication where you're listening for what is this person feeling and needing not, not I, they're not saying what I want them to say, or they're not doing what I want them to do. And, and that is where there's that flow and reciprocity that comes in with what Bill you're saying around the interdependence where you really are. There's a maturity there where you go, okay, let's do this. This is, this is where I'm at. And I can also see where this person is and I care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those exactly. are those are really, really. You know, you you can't be interdependent and be selfish. It doesn't no. work. No, it doesn't work. You know, and caring. I, say, uh, I was just going to say that I think part of this right at the end there before I got on, y'all were talking about spiritual awakening. 
which is, yes, uh, Gord, I would agree with you, can be a, or maybe always is, at least in my case, uh, is, has always been an ugly, muddy process. Uh, but, <laughs> yes. but, but worthwhile. Uh, but I think totally. that, that spiritual awakening is before you can get completely awake, you've got to fall in love with yourself. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah, I know that we're worthy to be here. Yeah. Exactly. And And that's, when that happens, then you become whole, or what I would even call holy, okay? And then you're capable of giving yourself to the world, to another person, as you need to, or as you choose to. And taking care of yourself in that process. Very important part. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge important part. And yeah, Bill, absolutely. Self-love, I think, is probably one of the hardest things that most people struggle with, at least in the Western world. I'm not sure about other parts. but selfish. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's what, really, that's your inner dialogue. Well, but self-love isn't necessarily a a sense of of acting, it's a sense of a relationship, an intimate relationship with your inner world. Yeah. At least that's what I'm, I find in my experience. Yeah, it's when, you, it's when you're like, you know what, I'm just going to stay home today. I just really need time for myself. Yeah. You know, and that's when you get the whole thing of, you know, how selfish, um, which I, I always think is really interesting, but that's, that's a huge, huge dialogue that all of us got taught growing up that if we put ourselves first, then we're being selfish. We're being bad people. Right. Yeah, yeah. We we sometimes really forget just how impactful the unspoken messages of our families were. Definitely, definitely. Nobody said that to me, right? But I knew it. You know, absolutely, yeah. I know it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and hopefully yeah. this with the this whole shift with the pandemic because it's shaking up the entire world, and I think if we can go into a place of a, a, a sort of a, not rose-colored glasses, but a, a perspective of awareness that, wait a minute, we can let go of these stories. It will take time. And it does require that we are taking responsibility for our own evolution. And we ha- don't have yet systems in place that can do that in a way that allows for a consciousness to evolve, at least I think it's in pockets, but I, I think for the majority, it's, it's quite challenging for people. And, and Bill, as you were saying, yeah, the self-love is, is fundamental, fundamental around evolving because mm-hmm. you have to grieve, you have to grieve all the old stuff and, and, you know, sometimes r- relationships as we know change when you let go of all that old stuff. Oh yeah. 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 There's a, Bible passage that I love, and I'm not a, I love the Bible, but I'm not a big Bible thumper. Uh, but do it's not Easter, go ahead. To this, <laughs> <laughs> do not conform yourself to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, and I think that when we come in as babies, we look at a baby and, you know, you're just, they're so pure. Mm-hmm. And you just, oh, absolutely. That sense of awe. And yeah. then, then as parents, and as a parent of six children, I mean, 
I've, you know, threw all type of stuff on my kids that weren't true. Okay. You know, yeah. don't talk to strangers and, um, you know, do this, don't do that. And lots of it is just not true. And, and lots of it because you were taught that. Yeah. Exactly. It just passed on generation to generation. You know, part of it is keeping our kids safe too. Yeah, I mean, this is a very intergenerational movement of, of the intergenerational movement of caca. <laughs> it just flows on down the line, you know. Um, it's, it's like one of the things visually is if, if you put yourself like at the bottom of a triangle and then go up to your parents, go up for your grandparents, go up eight, your great grandparents. If you notice that there's this great big, huge thing of people that are all dumping downward on you. Yeah. <laughs> and you are the recipient of that triangle. Um, and it's like, wow, I really do belong to a group. And look at all the shit that just slowed down. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you that's just... <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to dream on that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could draw it, you know, and name, yeah, name, you can. The, name the people, you know. But, oh, that's funny. Um, it's sort of an interesting visual, well, but it's a true visual. It's, an, it's a very interesting visual, and you're right. It's, we do get kind of energetically constipated, really, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Bill, yeah, thank you so much for calling. Yes, because you know what? Yep. As we say goodbye to Bill, Absolutely. we have to cut to a commercial. We'll be right back. Thanks, Bill. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info at spiritgrows.ca now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. And I'm here with Alexia. This is Gord. And we're talking about uh, attachment uh, slash connection uh, uh, theories. So, you know, uh, 
Now, here's here's one thing. We're not always the same one. We're not always the same uh, uh, category here. Like there's like right. four categories plus variations on a theme. Um, you know, you could be quite secure and then you meet somebody and suddenly you're the one that suddenly feels, you know, you're anxious. You know, like it's like you, you've invested into the relationship or whatever. And and so we can easily move categories here. Mm-hmm. The, yes. This isn't locked in. And, you know, certainly for all of us, we've all experienced elements of each one of these probably theories growing up. Definitely, definitely. Because our parents didn't know any better. I'm not blaming anybody. You no. Know? It's just that, let's, let's face it, this isn't something you learned yesterday. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's much harder to be aware of and it's much harder to actually change. You know, um, if we're, if we're, you know, in, in a relationship with avoidant, you can have two avoidance. That's, that's really easy. You know, you're at opposite ends of the room and, uh, no one's talking <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, I remember going, uh, I was in uh, Florida once and I went to uh, a, a restaurant, a big restaurant uh, for, uh, for dinner. And I remember this couple that were there and these, this couple had to be 154, you know, if they were a day. And they didn't speak a word. They sat there and ate through the whole thing. And they looked past each other. And I was like, please, God, don't ever let me do that. I can talk to myself better, you know. <laughs> they want to put me away. But, you know, right. I mean, just that silence. But, but maybe they were just so comfortable with each other that there's just this ease. You well, know, see, that- I come from a place that's where you talk. You be easy the rest of the day. We talk over dinner. You know, kind of thing, or you know, I mean, yeah, sure. So that's my projection, right? You know, and that's okay. Yeah, that's what I know. I don't want. You know, sometimes we might be silent, Um, you know, uh, but you know, it was just, um, uh, it was just that recognition of how we can move through these things, you know, so so easily. Well, Um, and to your point, I think that this is really important to recognize that again the labels are dangerous when somebody defines themselves by it because then it becomes, Oh, this is who I am instead of wait, I'm experiencing this and how do I work through it? Or how do I let myself experience and learn from it? And that keeps coming back to awareness and self-responsibility and knowing how to also be vulnerable, which I know we've talked about a lot, Gord, about, we have a hard time generally to be open-hearted in this world. Sure. You know, to be, to live from our hearts. We have a very hard time sometimes with trust. good reason, but yeah, we don't, we, we don't it's trust. so, it's so scary to really open your heart and, and it feels much too exposed. Exactly. So and the person that you might do that with might then go, Oh my God, this person is so clingy. Yes. But, you know, exactly. the person develops a sense of comfort in the relationship and is very open and, and so on. And now suddenly they're being labeled as being clingy mm-hmm. because they've mm-hmm. what risked being vulnerable. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very, mm-hmm. you know, fucked up. Sorry. That's in English. The way that we, we connect is so screwy, screwy and, and so on that you can have all the theories in the world, but it really boils down to if you're not going to come from your heart and be willing to jump onto the other side of shame, which you don't even own, it's, mm-hmm. it's inflicted upon mm-hmm. us and everybody has it. It's like, oh, here's your inheritance. <laughs> you know, a big yeah. thing of shame for you. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, go and find a nice girl, a nice boy and have a marriage and children. 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 And then I can sit there when I'm 150 with the wife and not talk to her. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not, you know, it sounds like I'm bitter or, or hardened. I'm not. I'm very realistic. I'm realistic in, you know, how we're, we're skirting around labels and not getting through to the connecting part. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's learning how to, what does that actually mean to connect? And that's why I, I love the imagery of dancing. I happen. I love dancing, but I think that when you're, in, you know, everybody you're, <laughs> you're, you're connecting to is like having a dance and you could be in a place where you actually don't feel like dancing. And that could be suddenly you're in an avoidance state, or you could be in a place where you're really needing to connect. And that could be labeled as an anxious state, but it, it keeps going in movement and flow. And again, if we were in a culture where hopefully we could start to teach little kids how to recognize feelings and in themselves be compassionate and also be able to bring that compassion to others. And maybe yeah, this teaching will the compassion maybe. piece, but what we're taught is to make it better and make them feel better and make yeah. mommy make mummy smile. Right. Or daddy. Or, or whoever, daddy, right? Or whoever it is. But yeah. yeah, that was a little boy talking, you know, I make know. mommy okay. Yeah. You know, so we don't learn compassion or empathy. What we do or we're taking past that. And that is, how do we make, how can I make this person feel better so that then I don't feel so anxious? Because yes. if a parent is screwed up, the kid is screwed up. They're terrified. Well, absolutely. Like it's for sure. It's so difficult to be around and especially children who are, I think most children are quite sensitive and quite empathic. And I think they just, you know, learn as you get older that you kind of put the walls up or the barriers, but, but sensing, you know, becoming more sensate and being able to, when you sense a, a parent who's disappointed or angry, or let's say they're having a bad mood, a little child will often think that it's something they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? That's the shame piece yeah. that's been dumped in there. Just a little dollop of shame. Boom. You know, and then some guilt. Boom. Yeah. And they're like, what can I do for you, mommy? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's and it really what you, you, you know, you're saying about, but you know, we put, put the walls up or the whatever, you know, the walls might keep you out, but it works the other way too. It keeps me in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very true. So these are not, you know, putting walls up about, about ourselves or around ourselves is not conducive to connecting because you're stuck in there and, 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 or I'm stuck in there and you're stuck on the outside. And both of us are trying to climb up over the top <laughs> just to get a glimpse of what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, those walls are very dangerous. You know? They are very dangerous and they can be, I think, sort of reinforced with various experiences. And again, the idea that, oh, this is the same thing that happened to me. Even unconsciously, it's not coming from a conscious place, but it's like a magnet, right? Those those things just come in and start to put more and more layers of of feeling. Oh, I don't feel emotion, or I can be completely detached, and and again, that can be also seen as unhealthy from someone who wants drama, who wants a, a strong reaction, right? When yeah, somebody's yeah. in a neutral place. That, that someone who is used to a lot of drama can really feel that, wait a minute, why aren't you reacting? You know, why aren't you responding? 
Exactly. There, now, uh, to defend our defenses about the wall, there are places <laughs> where we may have to use those. And I yes. think that's our wisdom. You know, yes. Is knowing when, when I can be in that authentic place and let them down and be open and trusting and when I actually need them to go up, you know, if you're walking into a, you know, a, a nasty situation or an old family dynamic that's being replayed, you need those walls. That's where you learn to build them in the first place. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, we could use a softer word like boundary, where it's something that is, it's, it's a, it's not necessarily um, something rigid, but it's something that's very clear where you stand for yourself and you recognize, oh, this is not an alignment or I don't like how this person is treating me and I'm going to step away instead of trying to engage yeah. and, you know, get caught up. But you're right. We, those are the, those to me are the essential life skills that kind of have been missing. And I'm, I'm hopeful that the pandemic is doing something to shift people's awareness in a deeper way, rather than just the sort of, not to diminish anyone's suffering, but the small story of just me you know, right. and not seeing that, wait, what's going on in a bigger level? Yeah. I mean, are we willing to expand our narrative? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, are we willing to change our narrative? And that's, uh, stories are very important, but if we keep to the same story and repeating it over and over again, it's kind of like watching the same TV show. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even just boring, but ingrained. It becomes so ingrained that it's, yes. this is the only way and then getting out of that sense of defining of the self becomes even harder. It's like ruts, you know, it's like being on, in these ruts and, and suddenly it's like, oh, how can I get out of here or how can I shift it? And it, it requires a lot more work. But yeah, when people repeating the story, I feel that that is just creating a deeper imprint and the deeper imprint it's, it's important to be there, but it's also knowing, wait a minute, this is there as an experience, but it isn't who I am. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because we'll, we'll really sort of uh, reinforce those roles that we're, we're playing, you know, yeah. and our behavior within those roles. And it just, like you said, everything just becomes so entrenched. And it takes a lot more work to get out of a trench <laughs> than it does to, you know, go along with all four, you know, four wheel drive and sort of glide along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Way more work. So, which yeah. is, which is why I think that so much of what we need is that sense of being able to drop into our bodies, be present with what's here and yeah. not go into panic mode because of course we're going to fluctuate. I mean, this, this, this experience has been really, really difficult for, for so many people. For and, so many people, yeah. And it's yeah. it has been hard. It's been it's and then it requires even more commitment to saying, wait a minute, remind myself that I have these tools to notice my breathing or be in nature or, you know, do some creative work or um whatever. But if you're if uh, I'm curious what you think, Gord, around, you know, someone who might be in this kind of state and let's say their voidness that maybe they don't reach out for help. Well, and that's very common, yeah. you know, people who are avoidant uh, um, because they don't believe that they don't believe that people are going to be there for them mm. because that's not their experience. So, so what they're avoiding is, is, is uh, uh, getting hurt, but they're, they're also terrified of letting people down. And so if you admit that you're feeling really screwed up because of what's going on and you're kind of depressed or anxious or whatever, you, you're letting people down because you have this image that you've been putting out there, you know, 
yeah. and, and men, men are much, much worse at this. And, you know, at maintaining that, you know, strong image. It's not getting, you know, everything. Women are much, much better at, the, at sort of letting it hang out, you know, kind of thing. Well, generally, 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 I think. Yeah, I, I mean, think. there's a huge general generalization yeah. on this. Yeah. There is there is shifts that's happening, but you know, men men are still really you know falling back into the same stuff over and over again. Well, and it's funny. I was Stoicism. having a con- I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and uh, you know, out in Alberta, and she was saying how she was really feeling that this whole kind of you know shift of evolution or consciousness and awareness is that. It is going to be a bit of, you know, men, generally speaking, are going to have to step up a little bit around their self-awareness. As women are going to have to let them. Women have to women, let them. Yeah, yeah. I, women I, have I, to let them. Women yes. have to allow men to be free of the roles that are traditionally male uh, in the same way that women want men to let them free of their role. Okay, I never thought of it that way. You know, and, you know, women's women's lib was wonderful. It moved women forward, but the men were still standing in the same trench, going, "Excuse me, can I go with you?" No. Well, you know? no. They, <laughs> That's changing. That's changing. I, some because look at we we know that it, regardless of of it goes back to someone's experience that they're either going to stay and try to cling and hold on to the old, or they're going to move forward, and it 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 is. Absolutely, a requirement that both women and men, that male and female energy work together, yeah. and the feminine energy issue. needs to needs to you know it's hopefully it's stepping up, and and it's needed in the world more feminine, more creative energy, right? I agree. I just want to tell people about it next week. Yes, I, I would. I could stay I'm on this, this one for for a long time. Actually, the whole shift in male energy. Uh, so you can contact us at any time at info at spiritgrows.ca. Uh, next week, we are having Carrie Lambie. She is, uh, her title is Nutrition Outside the Box. Uh, she's a holistic nutritionist. And um, they look at uh, each person as a totally unique individual with different wants, needs, desires, and goals. That's a good start. Um, and focuses on the whole person, physically, uh, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, when it comes to nutrition. And so each individual is really taken care of uniquely. I really like that because a lot of the stuff is like throw it all in together. You know? Carrie is so creative. It's amazing. I can't wait to have her on the show because also she's her Instagram posts make me hungry every time I see them. I'm oh, like, yeah. are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Okay, maybe we'll move to TV from here. <laughs> uh, uh, if you would like to see what's coming, uh, upcoming in the show or happening at uh, Transformational Arts, go to... Um, www.transformationalarts.ca So this is Gordon Dell and this is Alexia Georgius at Things We're Considering. Have a great week. Have a great Easter week, a great Passover and we will see you back here at 8pm next Thursday. Good night everyone. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.